Aren't you glad that you're a part of a church that is outward focused and not just inward focused? Not just what's taking place on Sunday morning every week, but literally around the world, the fingerprints of the Grace Place can be found. And it's exciting uh, to be a part of a church like that. Well, today is the second Sunday of our Global Impact Month. It's also the second Sunday of our series called Love Your Neighbor. Say, love your neighbor. Now, the foundation for this series will be built upon what Jesus said in Mark chapter number 12 and in verses 28 through 31. So let's read them to get us start, read that to get us started this morning. It says, then one of the scribes came and having heard them reasoning together, perceiving that he had answered them well, asked him, which of the first commandments, which is the first commandment of all? Jesus answered him, the first of all the commandments is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. And the second, like it, is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. So according to Jesus, the two most important things in life are to love God and love people. And this is what we are trying really, really hard to do at the Grace Place. Now in this series, we are focusing on the second thing that Jesus told us to do. Love your neighbor as yourself. I mean, no, that's a lot to ask because we love ourselves a whole lot, right? Well, I believe that missions is a great way for us to do this. Whether that neighbor be the person who lives next door or the one who lives on the other side of the ocean. See, see, we believe that anyone and everyone is our neighbor. Would you agree this morning? Our heart for people is all-inclusive. Our vision is both local and global. One of our targets in missions, it's not the only target that we have, but one of our targets in missions is planting churches. We believe in the local church. How many of you believe in the local church? Ah, the local church is high on our list of priorities. Raise your hand this morning. If you got saved in a local church somewhere or, or in some church-sponsored event like camp or VBS or outreach or revival, if some way through the church you got saved, look around. It's all, I mean, it's like 90% of the people have their hands up this morning. Kind of speaks for itself, does it not? This tells us how important that the church really is. Well, I want to share with you three reasons why planting churches is a big part of our mission's strategy. The first reason is this, and that is because of the importance of the church. The importance of the church. Let me ask you a question this morning. How important is the church to you? How important is the church to your family? Now, now before you answer this question, let me ask you another question. Where does the church fit in your list of priorities? You see, how you answer this question will determine the true answer to the first question. 
See, if the church actually is important to you, it will be found somewhere on the top half of your priority list, not on the bottom half. Evidently, the church is very, very important to Jesus. You say, how do you know that? Well, well, because Paul writes in the book of Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 25, Paul writes and he says, Christ loved the church. Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. See, Jesus died for the church. He died for the church. He died for the church and for what the church would accomplish Oh, aren't you thankful for the local church? Well, I'm talking about the importance of the church right now. Let me say this this morning. The church is not an option. The church is not an option. The writer of Hebrews says in Hebrews chapter 10 and verse number 25, he writes and he says, let us not neglect our meeting together. And he goes on and he says, as some of you are doing a little bit of a jab there. But he goes on to say, let us, let us encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. See, the writer of, of Hebrews, thousands of years ago, he believed in the soon return of the Lord Jesus Christ. A couple thousand years has gone by and Jesus hasn't come. If the writer of Hebrews believed that Jesus was coming soon, how much more should we believe that Jesus is coming soon? And with all of the stuff that is happening today in our world, people are saying, you know, you know, is this the end? Is, is, is the end drawing near? Is it time for the rapture of the church? Well, I want to tell you that it could be. It very well could be. Well, I will also want to tell you that if you really believe that the rapture of the church is imminent, then I believe that you're going to be in the house of God. You're going to be in the Word of God. You're going to be involved in the work of God like you have never been involved before if you really believe that Jesus is coming soon. See, the church has never been more important than it is right now. Christians have never needed one another more than we need one another right now. Let me say this this morning. It's not a day to divide over civil matters but a day to unite over spiritual matters. And let me say this this morning, whether you attend church in person or whether you attend online, we should declare the church as as essential to us and to our family. How many believe the church is essential? You know, most of us were saved through a local church. I proved that just a moment ago where probably 90% and about the same in the first service, about 85, 90% of the people that are here today have lifted a hand and said, yes, I got saved in a local church or through a local church event of some kind. Most of us were saved through a local church. Most of us have been baptized through the local or have been discipled through the local church. We were baptized, baptized, Baptized in the local church. Most of us were married in the church. Most of us built Christian relationships. In fact, most of our relationships in our life were built through the local church. We've held funerals and memorial services in the local church. Pastors, we've had pastors who have counseled us. We've had pastors that have visited us in the hospital. We have had pastors that have walked with us through the darkest hours of our life. We have had pastors that have loved us through a lot of our junk. Tell me, tell me this morning, is the church important? I believe it is. Is it essential? I believe that it is. 
In fact, for most of us, where would we be without the local church? And don't forget this this morning, and that is the church is ordained of God. The church is ordained of God. Jesus said in Matthew chapter number 16 and verse number 18, Jesus said, upon this rock, I will build my church. What rock was Jesus talking about? He was talking about the rock of revelation. The revelation that Peter had given just earlier when Peter said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. You are the Christ. You are the anointed one. And Jesus said, upon this rock of revelation of who I am, Jesus said, upon this rock, I will build my church. Whose church is it? It's not your church. It's not my church. This church belongs to Jesus. Jesus said, upon this rock, I'll build my church. And Jesus said, the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Let me tell you this morning that hell and all it has is coming against the church today. There's never been a time, listen, there's never been a time when there hasn't, has been an all-out effort from hell and all that hell can conjure up in attacking the local church today. Pastors all over America are being attacked today. Many are quitting the ministry. Many are throwing in the towel. Christians are choosing sides and creating civil war in the church. The church today, in many cases, the church is imploding. But Jesus said, Jesus said, oh, he said the gates of hell will not prevail against it. I'm telling you that the church is ordained of God. And I'm telling you this morning that the true church will not fail. Let me tell you that COVID-19 will not destroy the church. Did you hear me? I said COVID-19 will not destroy the church. I'm telling you that Satan will not and cannot destroy the church. I'm telling you that disgruntled and misled saints cannot and will not destroy the church. Not the true church. Not the blood-bought church. Not the united church. Jesus said on the rock of who I am and what I'm doing. Upon this rock, I'll build my church. And he said the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Well, why do we invest some of our missions money in the planting of churches? Because of the importance of the church. We believe the church is important. But also, number two, because of the impact of the church. The impact of the church. See, the potential of influence the church has is immeasurable. We absolutely have no clue how much influence that we have. Just a few days ago, I had a young pastor in my office who had come to see me. And in the course of the Congress, con- conversation, this young man, this young pastor said to me, he looked at me and he said to me, he said, you have no idea what it means to me to look at you and to know that you have been in full-time ministry for nearly 48 years. And to see that you still have a heart for ministry. And to see that you are still enthusiastic and full of energy for ministry. And to see that even in 48 years of full-time ministry, you have not grown Bitter. He says, you have no idea what this means to me as a young preacher. He said, it gives me much hope. I don't say that this morning to toot my own horn, but to say that the church and its ministries are impactful. I'm telling you, we are having an impact, and we have no clue the impact that we are actually having. 
We are influencing those that we minister to. Oh, will everyone catch our spirit? Will everybody march in our parade? Will everyone receive our ministry? Will everyone heed what they hear? No, no, absolutely not. But hear me this morning. People are receiving more than we think. And here's what I know, and that is planted seeds must first germinate before they begin to grow and before they produce. So let me challenge you this morning. Don't devalue the church by what you see. I said, don't devalue the church by what you see because much is going on under the surface that we are absolutely unable to see. And let me take just a moment this morning and challenge young couples today. Those young couples that are here this morning sitting in these chairs and those young couples that are watching by live stream this morning, let me, let me take a moment and challenge you young couples today. Raise your family in church. Raise your family in church. Get your kids under the influence of the church and all that the church has to offer. Come to church as a family, make church a priority. Make it a priority. I, 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 I promise you, your life will go much, much better. The lives of your children, oh, your kids and your grandkids and great kid, grandkids to come. Oh, what better lives they will have if they've had the foundation of the church and all that the local church has to offer. And let me say this to us older folks, and I really hate to put myself in that category. But let me say something to us older folks. Let's not blow it now. Let's, those of us that have been serving the Lord 30, 40, 50 years, let's, let's, not, let's not blow it now. What we have taught our kids when they were growing up, oh, the things that we said were so important, are they still important to us? And can those kids and those grandkids see that mom and dad and grandma and grandpa are practicing what they preach, that grandma and grandpa and mom and dad are doing what they had, been ta- they had taught them to do down through the years? Let's not blow it now. Let's not blow our testimony now as older uh, saints uh, through a bad attitude toward the church. Let's, let's not blow our testimony uh, to those that are watching us uh, through, through uh, uh, our lack of faithfulness. Let's not blow our testimony uh, uh, to those that are watching and looking on because we have developed a critical spirit and we are always criticizing and always talking bad about the local church. Listen, listen, those of us that have been serving God for a long, long time, let's, let's not lose our testimony. Let's not let our guard down. Let's keep our spirit sweet and let's keep our relationship with Jesus up to date. I know these are unprecedented days. That just means our faith has never been tested like it is being tested right now. And believe me, people are looking to see what our test score is going to be. I get graded every single Sunday. Well, it seems like every day of the week these days. But I get graded on a continual basis. But I want to tell you, it's not just the preacher that's getting graded. I'm going to tell you that there are people that are grading you. They are grading your tests. They are watching how you live your life. They are watching what you are doing and listening to what you are saying and how you are handling things. They are, they, they, they are, they are, they are making a score. Uh, they are checking your paper this morning. I don't know about you, but I want to pass the test. 
I want to pass the test. Oh, not just with man, and I want man to like me. I do. It hurts when people don't like me. It hurts when people, you know, say things and do things. It does. It really does, you know. I might be a bulldog, but, you know, it, it, it hurts. But, but listen, I, listen, I don't want to just pass the test with man. Most of all, I want to pass the test with God. I want to pass the test with God. And I know we can't make God love us any more than he already loves us, but I do know he's our heavenly father. And I know that, that as a child, when my, I was growing up, I wanted to please my father. I wanted to please daddy. I wanted to hear my dad say, son, I'm proud of you. You may not be able to make God love you any more than he does already, but I'm telling you there's times that he's pleased with you and there's times that he's not pleased with you. And I don't know about you, but I want to please him. I want to please him with my walk. I want to please him with my talk. I want to please him with my testimony. I want to please in every area of my life. That's why daily, daily I pray and I ask the Lord. I say, God, shine a spotlight. Shine a spotlight on any area of my life. If there's something, Lord, if I'm missing the boat, if I'm missing something, if I'm missing something, God, show me, show me, God, show me because I want to correct it. I want it to be right. I want to, be, I want to do what's right and I want to be pleasing in your sight. Talking about the impact of the church right now. Let me make two statements real quickly here this morning. First of all, about the church. The first one is the church provides community. The church provides community. Acts 2 and 42 says, All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing meals, including the Lord's Supper. See, the church is not just for worship, and the church is not just for Bible study, and the church is not just for preaching, but the church is also for fellowship. Another word for fellowship is community. So the church provides community. We need one another. We're family. We're family. We need to draw strength from one another. We need to learn from one another. We need to lean on one another. We need to protect one another. We need to share what we have with one another. And let me tell you something else we need to do, and that is we need to gain another perspective. We need to gain another perspective by getting outside our little circle of family and friends who see things exactly as we do. All of us are guilty of just our little circle of friends and family that all, you know, have the same perspective. They all see things the same way because, you know, they're all, you know, out of the, uh, the same mold. Listen, here's what I know, and that is much of what I have learned, I, I, I learned outside my protective bubble. When I got outside of my little circle, outside of my little protective bubble, seeing things I never saw before because I was looking at them through somebody else's eyes. You need to, to rub shoulders with people. You need to spend time with people that are different from you because they have a different perspective and you can learn from them and then also they can also learn from you. See, see, people who, who merely go to church and don't get involved in the church are missing much of what the church has to offer. At the Grace Place, C-groups C are a great place to discover community. Volunteering for ministry is also a great place to find and enjoy community. But not only does the church provide community, but, but also the church provides cultivation. Cultivation, Acts 2 and 42 again, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles Teaching, teaching. So the local church provides discipleship. Now, before COVID interrupted us, Wednesday night was our cultivation night. 
and discipleship emphasis. Classes for all adults, boys and girls, ministries for the kiddos, youth ministry for the teenagers. Of course, we also understand that Biblical uh, uh, instruction is given every single Sunday morning. Uh, a discipleship track is offered to help mature uh, people in their faith. We also understand that C groups offer some cultivation as well because the Bible says that iron sharpens iron. Listen, the impact of the church is invaluable and incalculable. Hey, just rubbing shoulders, just rubbing shoulders with mature, seasoned saints, watching how they do life, observing how they handle all of the difficulties that has been handed to them, how they stay strong in faith, how they refuse bitterness and the temptation to quit and temptation to behave unchristlike. Year after year, hurdle after hurdle, steady, stable, Sweet in their spirit. Us older saints need to spend some time around some baby saints, some new believers, some new Christians. Oh, we need some of their enthusiasm. I said, we need some of their enthusiasm. We need some of their joy. We need some of their energy. We need some of their optimism. We need some of their faith. We need some of the things that they have that we once had, but somehow we've lost it along the way. We need to rub shoulders with them, hoping some of that will rub off on us. See, see, you can't get lessons like this out of some theology book. And we ought to read theology books, but we can't get these kind of lessons out of a theology book. We can't get these kind of lessons out of a Bible study. Why do we believe in, why do we finance the planting of churches? Because we see incredible value in the local church. And we want others to have the same benefits from the church that we have. Well, let me give you the third reason why we love our neighbor through the planting of churches Third reason is this, and that is because of the impartation of the church. Two things that we believe about the church. The first thing we believe in, that is the church has a great responsibility. The church has a great responsibility. See, we can't just have church. And I'm afraid there's a multitude of churches in America today. That's all they're doing. They're just having church, just trying to survive, just trying to keep the lights on, just trying to keep the doors open. Listen, we can't just have church. We must be the church. Can't just be about us. Can't just be about us, our wants, our needs, our way. Listen, listen, there are far too many selfish saints today demanding everything be done their way their way. Got to be done their way. It's their way or the highway. And if it's not done their way, they'll find another church and they'll stay in that church until it doesn't do it their way and then they'll go to another. Listen, it not, should not just be all about us. Hello? Before Jesus left this earth and ascended back into heaven, he gave the church, that would be birth on the day of Pentecost, he gave the church a mandate. It's found in Mark chapter 16, verse 15 and 16. Jesus said to his disciples, he said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. But before Jesus sent them into the world to preach, he first sent them to the upper room to pray. Too many people are preaching and not praying. Luke 24 and 49, Jesus said, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power 
from on high. And in Acts chapter 1 and verse number 8, Jesus tells them what this baptism in the Spirit, what this endowment of power is for. Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, Jesus said, but you shall receive power after or when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And, say and. See, most people forget about the and. Jesus said, and you shall be witnesses to me. First in Jerusalem and then in all Judea and then in Samaria. And he said, to the end of the earth. See, Jesus knew that the mandate he gave the church to deliver the good news of the gospel around the world, he knew that this mandate would require the power of the Holy Spirit in order to get the job done. Hear me, church. Our our job is not to figure out how to do church better. Did you hear me? I said our church is not to figure, or our job is not to figure out how to do church better. And I'm afraid that a multitude of churches in America today, that's their main focus. How can we do church better? If we do church better than everybody else is doing church, then we'll get all the church people to come to our church. Listen, friend, listen, hear my heart. Our job is not to figure out how to do church better. Our job is to figure out how we can better be the church be the church be the church the church has a great responsibility let me say it this way the responsibility is not how to manufacture a better spiritual experience for the saints I said the responsibility of the church is not how to manufacture a better spiritual experience for the saints oh pastor you ought to hear about what's going on over in this church well Thank God for what's going on on over there at that church. I want to tell you, they probably paid a high price for that to happen. I think maybe if we paid the price they would, that they paid for that to happen, it would also happen in our church. But hear me this morning. It's not all about us. It's not all about the saints. Our responsibility at church is not about how to manufacture a better spiritual experience for the saints. No, our job is to rescue sinners from their sin. Our job is to present a lost world with a Savior. And you hear me this morning, we can't just get them saved through some mass evangelistic effort oh, and then abandon them. And I'm telling you that that happens all over the world where major crusades are given, where hundreds of thousands of people come. Even some of them even can put a million people in one massive evangelistic effort. Thousands upon thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people pray the prayer. But the great mighty evangelist leaves and nothing is done. We cannot do that. We cannot do that. No, no, no. No, no. Yes, it's great to have massive evangelism efforts. I'm all for it. We even invest in some of those. But oh, listen, once we do that, then we must also plant churches. And we must place pastors in those churches who can shepherd these baby sheep. The church has a great responsibility. Oh, the Holy Spirit has been imparted to the church so that the church will have the power to impart what they have received to others. Here's what I know. This world is relying on the effectiveness of the church. 
I said our world is relying on the effectiveness of the church. Let me tell you, most people grave the effectiveness of the church as to how many show up on Sunday morning. I want to tell you there's some huge churches that are not having effect. And I'm not throwing rocks at anybody. But that's not where you count the effectiveness of the church. What is being done eternally for the kingdom? That is what matters. That is what matters. Amen? Now listen, I cannot preach on missions. I can't preach a missions message without reading Romans 10, verse 13 through 15. So I don't want to disappoint anybody this morning. Uh, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it one more time. Romans chapter 10 Verse 13, Paul writes and he says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Don't you love that? Whoever, say whoever. Red, yellow, black, or white, they are precious in his sight. Whoever, whoever, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. But I gotta go to verse 14. But how then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him in whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? A lost world is depending on the church to do its And our job is not to get cooler. And please, I'm not throwing rocks at cool. I kind of like cool. I kind of look cool today. You like my new jacket? I kind of like it. I'm not against cool. I love cool. But that's not our job. Our job is a lost world. Our lost world that needs the message that we have. And I want to tell you that there are people that are set on go. They're chomping at the bit. Just let me go, let me go, let me go. But they can't go because they don't have the funds to go. We're either a goer or a sender. Thank God he called me to send. I like that. Amen. I like, I like my cushy American life. And I love souls and I love to get way down deep in my pocket and make real strong investments in other people that are willing to go. What a great partnership it is. Amen? Amen. The takeaway for the message today is this, planting new churches. Planting new churches will result in a perpetual harvest of kingdom growth. Churches that plant churches, that plant churches, that plant churches, that plant churches, that plant churches. Amen? Planting new churches will result in a perpetual harvest of kingdom growth. Father, thank you for the word this morning. God, I just pray today, Lord, that you will do the work that you want to see done in this service this morning. In Jesus' name.